This is the Tom Baker Show. Welcome to the Tom Baker Show. I'm Tom, and I am excited to be back in the chair for another year of uh, episodes of the Tom Baker Show. And we've got all kinds of stuff going on on this first show of the year. But I'm going to start it with a big announcement. This show up to this point has been an audio podcast. And we enjoy that, and I love the audio format, love radio, love doing audio. I think that there is something very, very um, much more sort of intimate and also creative about doing audio. However, the opportunity has presented itself, and we are going to step this show up to video. And not only are we going to video, we're going to live video. And that's going to happen real quick here. Uh, we're actually, uh, this show will become a weekly one hour live video show. Um, and it will, it will air on Thursday nights. Now we are shooting a pilot for it. Uh, next week at the North Carolina Motorsports Hall of Fame. That will not be live, but it will be aired. Um, we're, we're not doing it live just because uh, for those of you who've had any experience with this stuff at all, you know that um, you always want to do a practice show. This is sort of a spring training show. We're, we're treating it as, as if we're going to air it, and we will. It just won't be live. We just want to have an opportunity. We've got some new equipment that we want to test out. Uh, and, uh, being the first show, we want to make sure that we've got all the bugs worked out before we start going live. So, um, the pilot will probably air sometime in the next uh, couple of weeks. Um, and we're working on guests and such for that, but uh, it's going to be a great show. Uh, the North Carolina Motorsports Hall of Fame in Mooresville, North Carolina, if you've never been there, is an amazing place. It is just a it's a it's a really cool time machine is what it is. Cars from all past eras of North Carolina motorsports are there, not just NASCAR, and so many uh, pieces of memorabilia and just a whole bunch of stuff. We're going to be able to feature some of that on the show, and we'll probably go back and do a few shows from there over the course of the year. Uh, this show will be. Um, a combination of on location and in studio. And we will have a combination of live guests. In other words, guests that are sitting with us wherever we are doing the show live um, and remote guests, because video allows us that opportunity, obviously to bring somebody in remotely. So we're going to be able to present a lot of different uh, guests from throughout the world of motorsports. We're going to expand it a little bit. Got some musicians, um, just we, we, I love telling stories and this show was created for that purpose. It just sort of, we called it sort of out of the bullpen, if you will, um, as our motorsports show, uh, flagship show, when, uh, the inside pass was parked, uh, Randy Miller, who, whose brand 
that was Inside Pass was Randy's show, and uh, Randy and I did it together with some excellent co-hosts and producers uh, for you know a few years. And then Randy wanted to step back; he had become a, a, a dad again, and uh, wanted to just step back and focus on family and work. He had uh, gotten promoted and such, and uh, Randy is just the greatest guy um, and a great friend and just uh, really happy to have had that time with him. Um, And then when that got parked, we kind of called the Tom Baker show out of the bullpen so that uh, I could have a place to sort of cover the bases, if you will, in motorsports. But uh, it was always meant to be a little bit more broad than that. It was meant to be a show that sort of steps outside of the sport and, um, and, and talks about interesting stories and topics and is a combination of sort of entertainment and education and, and just fun and positivity. And that's what we want to do. So um, the show will now sort of broaden its horizons a bit. But uh, we'll be live, and it'll be broadcast on SteeringWheelNation.com, and you'll be able to get it uh, when we're on location somewhere. We're going to try to be able to simulcast it right to their social media because that's part of the appeal for us being there is that uh, we give them an event, if you will, to uh, bump their social up a little bit and help them out. We're, uh, we've got a few locations that we've already got uh, booked for shows Um and so the the pilot will be at the North Carolina Motorsports Hall of Fame, but that one won't be live. We are looking to go live at the end of February. So um, Thursday, the 22nd, I believe, is the tentative first live show date. So if everything goes well with the pilot, we should be good for that. And um, so we're excited. We're going to have some fun and hopefully bring you an hour of entertainment and uh you know just um just just have a good time once a week and that's what we're doing so excited about that chris murdoch um is going to be the video producer for that show for me and um that's exciting because chris really um behind the scenes in many ways is a co-founder for the steering wheel brand he Chris has a really creative mind. He's excellent at video um, production and editing and all of that. And uh, also at just creating great ideas. And, uh, you know, we've we've worked together on a number of projects. Chris has produced some of our radio shows in the past and video shows. And um, we've done uh, some work in the past. He's now with NASCAR.com as a uh, senior editor. And so Chris is going to be the one punching the buttons um, for our live show and it'll be a lot of fun to work with him. So excited about all of that and really looking forward to, uh, bringing you some great stories from different locations. And we love the on location stuff. It's just a nice way to be able to make each show fresh and, uh, have some natural content to be able to bring to each show instead of just sitting in a studio every week. But uh, we're going to do some of that, too, and we're working on uh, all of that as we speak. So that's exciting for us to announce and want to say thank you to uh, Wayne Hanslick, Wiggity Wayne Sauces, 
for being a sponsor of this show. And uh, that will continue into the new show. And that brings me to my next announcement. We've got a brand new sponsor. This show will be sponsored and powered by, if you will, um, for the next three months anyway, Tracktune. And if you don't know what Tracktune is, there are about 25 tracks around the country that have this. It's an app that allows fans who are at a racetrack, if the track uses the app, it allows you to plug a pair of earphones, earbuds, into your phone and listen to the announcers right through your phone, which is really handy. How many tracks have you gone to where you just can't hear the announcers once the race is going over the sound of the race cars? Well, now you'll be able to do that. You'll be able to, uh, like I said, plug in set of earpieces and uh, Tracktune is, it's brand new. It's uh, It's been in existence for only um, a couple of years now, a little over a year. Um, North Wilkesboro has it. Uh, Auburndale Speedway, where I will be in a couple of weeks for the Winter Showdown, has it. We'll talk about that race here coming up. we got Brad Hockaday, who is the promoter of the Winter Showdown at Auburndale. Uh, we've got him on the program today. He'll talk all about that race and what what's going on there. That's going to be a blast. And so we will have that technology. We're going to try to incorporate it if we can, at the Paul Battle Arena in Tunica, Mississippi, this coming weekend uh, for the Blues City Kart Nationals, which is a national indoor kart event that's going on in Tunica, Mississippi. And uh, gosh, four or 500 entries are expected for that one from across the country. And um, we are going to, and this, again, I've got a rookie stripe for this. This will be the first time I've tried to to incorporate this remotely, and uh, hopefully we can, uh, to bring, make that race. We don't have a, a video live stream, so we're going to try to do uh, live stream audio with the Tracktune app. So I um, want to thank Jim and Anissa Bizanson and uh, Tracktune, and also Anissa's company, Auditory Defense, which is a hearing protection services company, and uh, you can find both of them on the World Wide Web, tracktune.live and auditorydefense.com. Um, you can find them on Facebook as well. And uh, we're excited to help them develop those things and to, um, to add, some, uh, add some fun for fans at racetracks all over the country. So if you are a racetrack owner or promoter or you know one, and you would like to be able to hear the announcers during the races at the track, just go to Steering Wheel Nation on Facebook and send me a DM. Send me a message through Steering Wheel Nation, and um, you'll be able to uh, we'll, 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 uh, send me the contact for the track owner, uh, and you know we'll get in touch with them because it's... It's low cost to the track, and it, and if the track has it, it is totally free for spectators to use. There's no charge to use the app right now. So um, excited about that. That's, uh, uh, again, we're, we're happy to have Tune and Auditory Defense as um, 
as sponsors for this show. And uh, we've got more announcements in the works here that will be coming up uh, soon. So things happen in here at Steering Wheel Nation and excited about that. Um, and so now I can tell you what we got on the show. We mentioned that we've got Brad Hockey Day. We're going to talk about the Winter Showdown, which is a huge Speed Week show that's coming up at Auburndale Speedway down in Winter Haven, Florida. It's a whole, almost a week of racing, um, several days, February 6th through the 10th. And we'll talk more about that with Brad Hockaday coming up on the program. We're going to start by talking about an event that's coming up this weekend. It was supposed to have already happened. And that's the reason I kind of made this the feature segment, if you will, or the opening segment. (laughs) It's not often you get to talk about an indoor show in the Mid-South getting snowed out, but that's exactly what happened to the Blues City Cart Nationals this past weekend. I got halfway to uh, the event, Crossville, Tennessee, and... and, uh, and stopped to stopped and, and was just uh, checking through Facebook really quick and saw a notification that uh, the event had been postponed by a week. So um, promoter Doug Layton made the call, and it was the right call. There, the weather was awful. Tennessee can winter like a boss when it wants to, and I just wish it wouldn't do it when I'm driving in it. Um <laughs> It was not a fun drive back from Tennessee to North Carolina on Friday morning. But uh, the event postponed by a week, so it is coming up this weekend, which uh, is actually January 27th and 28th. And we're going to talk with one of the racers who's going to compete in this event, Elliot Ash, who's a good indoor racer, all-around good racer, good announcer, and excellent uh, singer. He, uh, he's going to be singing the national anthem for us both days. And um, as he does every year at the O'Reilly Auto Parts National Indoor Cart Championship at Batesville, Mississippi, and on Thanksgiving weekend. So um, Elliot uh, is going to be with us on the show, and then we'll talk with Brad Hockaday. We're going to talk a little bit about the King of Kings shootout as well. That's an event coming up on February 3rd and 4th, uh, 2nd, 3rd, and 4th at uh, – at the arena and and the campus of UT Martin, uh, Martin, Tennessee. And this will be, um, at least in this facility, the last lap for this event. We'll talk about why uh, coming up on the program as well. So lots to come here. But before we get into our segment with Elliot Ash, we're going to step aside and let you hear from one of our other awesome sponsors, Wiggity Wayne Sauces, and we'll be back with Elliot Ash right after this. Hey there, barbecue enthusiasts. Are you tired of boring sauces that leave your taste buds snoozing? Well, I've got something that'll make your mouth water and your ribs shout for joy. Wiggity Wayne Sauces. Wiggity Wayne Sauces brings you a complete line of barbecue sauces, ketchups, and rubs with flavors from mild to wild. They've got everything you need to take your grill game to the next level. Picture this. Juicy, succulent meat slathered in their mouth-watering habanero sauce, giving it just the right amount of kick. Or how about some lip-smacking, kicking hickory sauce that'll transport your taste buds straight to Flavortown? 
But wait, there's more. They've got apple pie moonshine sauce that'll have you thinking grandma's cooking up dessert on the grill. And for those who like it bold, their Carolina bold sauce will have you shouting yeehaw with every bite. But hold on to your spatulas, folks. They've got an exclusive offer just for you. Visit wiggityweinsauces.com today and get a mouth-watering 20% off your first order. That's right, 20% off. So don't sleep on this deal, folks. Head on over to wiggityweinsauces.com and let your taste buds go wild with their amazing flavors. Your grill and your belly will thank you. Hello, everyone. Tom Baker from Steering Wheel Nation here, and we are talking Blues City Cart Nationals, a big event that is taking place this weekend in Tunica, Mississippi. My special guest for this Steering Wheel Spotlight is Elliot Ash. Elliot is a cart racer from the Memphis, Tennessee area, and uh, so this is kind of a home track event, but uh, because it is the first such event that has been held at the uh, Paul Battle Tunica Arena and Expo Center uh, in quite some time, it's basically an unfamiliar event and going to be a brand new experience. I had um, the good fortune to be able to call several races there um, back in the earlier 2000s and uh, excited to go back. Elliot, it's great to uh, be talking with you. First of all, you've been racing carts now. This year, it's going to be coming up on 11 years. 2013 was the year I started racing regularly. I ran one race back when I was eight, but didn't pick it back up till I was 14. So almost 11 years at this point. Okay. So, uh, and you've run a lot of these indoor type shows over the years um, and uh, picked up your first uh, slot at uh, Batesville this past November, which I know was a very exciting thing for you. Um, Talk a little bit about the difference for those who aren't familiar between running outdoors and running indoors with a go-kart because i mean yes they're they're all go-karts and you're but there are some differences in the way that you approach the race and the way that the racing happens right that's very true um the difference the big difference between indoor and outdoor is simply track size and tightness you know outdoors you know, there you got tracks of all shapes and sizes, a lot of big tracks that are really wide, have a lot of runoff. And then there's also the small tracks that are really tight bull rings, much like what we have around the Memphis area, especially up near the Jackson, Tennessee area. Yeah. But indoor racing, it's almost always small, and it's always tight. Like going to Batesville every year is a big difference from racing some of these bigger, more sweeping tracks because it's small, it's tight. And there's a lot of contact because there's not a whole lot of racing room, especially when you're out there sharing it with 19 other guys. Yeah. You know, it's basically, you know, it's every man for himself out there in an indoor race. Yeah, it's a bull ring uh, for sure. Bull ring atmosphere and even qualifying. I mean, you, you know, if you have, you know, 40 carts entered and you're starting 20, that means 20 of you are going home. And sometimes the difference can be a thousandth of a second. I can't even imagine what that's like as a racer to know that when you go out to qualify, you've got to be as precise and perfect as you can because just one little mess up could be the difference between making the race and not. 
Exactly. Any slight slip-up could be too much. There was one class I raced down. I tried to race into down at Batesville last year, and um, in second round of qualifying, they took the top ten to the show, and I qualified 12th, one one-thousandth of a second behind the 10th place guy. 10th and 11th actually 10th and 11th actually tied. It all came down to who had the faster takeoff lap to see who made the race or not. So it was definitely extremely tight at Batesville this year, and it's going to be just as tight at Tunica, I'm sure. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, Tunica is going to be a great show. Uh, the Blue City Kart Nationals, of course, is a race that's been going on for a while, and Doug Layton taking a big step in bringing it to uh, the arena in Tunica. Um which is the arena that uh, th- that where the um, National Indoor Kart Championship first uh, really took off, and um, so it's it's going to be fun to go back there and have kart racing there again. Um, what are you anticipating this weekend at Tunica? What do you know about the track? Have you studied any old footage from uh, back in the day, or I mean, how are you preparing for this? Right now, I'm going off of the um, the race that they had at Tunica back in 2020, 2021. There was a one-off race there. I didn't get oh, to that's run right. it. Yeah, I was, he did. I didn't get to run it, but I announced it, so I got to see how the track changed throughout the day. And from what that race was, the track was pretty dry and pretty sandy, from what I remember. So we're that's kind of what that's kind of the what we're going into going into this weekend with the anticipation of. But we're also going in with several sets of tires that we'll have ready for basically any track condition should the track throw us a curveball. And with these indoor tracks, they usually do. Well, that's what I was wondering about because, again, for those not familiar with this type of racing, I mean, I know that, that in the Northeast we did a lot of kart racing that would be in arenas or wherever and you'd use coke syrup and the track would just the the rubber from the tires mixes with the coca-cola syrup and it just gets tire and tire and tire and tire all weekend but on these indoor dirt tracks first of all you know the the makeup of the dirt itself has a huge effect but then um it seems like these tracks just change in terms of the condition of the track it changes all day long and all weekend long how do you guys keep up well, race monitor has definitely been a definitely been a big blessing just over the past few years. Being able to, without looking at the track, mostly comparing lap times for a class, comparing them to qualifying times, oh. and that's actually one thing that helped us. That helped my brother win Batesville back in 2019. We were trying to figure out what to do with gear and looking back, back at race monitor, seeing the track was two tenths faster than it was in qualifying. You know, kind of told us what gear we should have put on the cart for it and. It ended up being perfect. That's the big thing, you know. The track likes to speed up and slow down, seemingly whenever it wants to. Yeah. So the big thing is getting the gear right, because the grip level never really seems to change. If anything, it just gets more grip. Ah. You know, since there's going to be so many carts there, laying down rubber all day, it's going to be pretty similar to Batesville. Probably not as on such a grand scale as Batesville, since there aren't going to be, you know, 
1,300 carts there, but there's probably going to be a good three, 400 carts there this weekend. At least, yeah. At least, that's what I'm, at least that's what I'm expecting. So the track will probably just keep speeding up and speeding up as the weekend goes on. Yeah, it will be interesting to see how that works out. 21 classes, I believe, on Saturday uh, for day number one. So, uh, again, as you say, not quite as many carts as, say, a Batesville or entries as a Batesville would have. But nonetheless, a lot of classes, a lot of rubber. And, um, I mean, I think, you know, the, the temperature has a little something to do with all of that too, right? And, and it's, uh, I mean, this is going to be a um, frigid, cold weekend in the, in the Delta. Um, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that kind of plays into everything. The arena should be warm inside, but... Um, you know, it's it's definitely going to be a crazy weekend, I think, and um, it should be exciting for the racers as well. Because again, for um, a lot of them, I mean, it's a fairly neutral track. Um, I did forget that the, that Doug did the race uh, a, a few years back, but for the most part, um, except for that race, there hasn't been any racing at Tunica uh, since like 2005 or six. So. Um, I would venture to say that probably a good portion of the racers that are running this weekend will never have raced at Tunica before. And so uh, it will be interesting to see how everything goes. And I think for for someone like you, now, are you what classes are you running? Are you going to run the champ? Because uh, that's obviously the, 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 the cart that you won your your uh, slot at, at Batesville with. And then what else? If so, what else are you running, if anything? So I will be running senior champs on both days. Great. And as as for my um, as for my speedway cart, I know I'll be racing clone heavy both days, and I'm still trying. I'm still having that internal debate between whether I should run clone medium for the 2000 on Sunday or not, because there are fewer classes, and we also have my teammate Hayden that's going to be running box stock both days, so that would put five classes out of our trailer on the day, which is a uh, which is a lot. But we have our you know we have some extra pit help coming up from. Good from florida same guy that came up for batesville so we'll see five classes a day well five classes out of the same trailer for the for sunday probably will be doable so i may run clone medium as well on sunday but i will be running clone heavy and senior champs on both days okay well that uh that's a good healthy schedule for you guys and and would seem manageable as well so um you know hopefully uh, we have a good turnout this weekend and i know you're excited about it and um look forward to having you as our national anthem singer as well you've always done such a great job with that um so we look forward to having that over the weekend also and uh i'm gonna throw in a shameless plug for your dad's book because for anybody that is coming to this event um obviously you're involved in oval track karting and that's exactly what the book deals with it is an extremely detailed setup book for oval cart technology um and oval cart racing of of all types um and so um, make sure you see Frank Ash and uh, talk to him about the book while you're there. Um, but, uh, Elliot, I know that you don't go racing by yourself. So as we get ready to wrap this up, I, I want to make sure I give you a chance to thank your you know, sponsors or anybody that you need to uh, for helping with your racing. Absolutely. You know, racing, even in kart racing, is definitely not a solo effort. There's so many 
so many different people and so many different companies that help out. You know, Phantom Racing Chassis, I've been racing Phantoms for my entire career. They've always been amazing. Todd Miller Racing Engines, we've been on Todd's engines for years and years and years, and they've always been the best power that we've ever had in all my years of racing. You also, like, Stealth Clutches give us that takeoff power that has just always been fantastic, especially on these indoor tracks. But the... Uh, the biggest, the biggest thank you I want to give is to Brandon Stubblefield from Stubblefield Roofing for letting me borrow this champ cart for all these past races. He's let me run it at Atoka Raceway Park. I run it at Batesville and won on it. You know, I get to run Tunica this weekend, and I will be racing it at the King of Kings shootout up in Martin. I can't thank Brandon enough for letting us use that champ cart. It has been a great experience being able to give a champ card a shot and to have great success in it. And I'm hoping to have just as much success this weekend as they did at Batesville. Well, um, it would, uh, it would be fun to see that, but I know there's going to be a lot of racers nipping at your heels in all your divisions. And, uh, I'm hoping just for a good, safe and successful weekend of racing for everybody. I can't wait to get back to Tunica. Um, it, uh, it really will be like going home again. And that was, um, where, uh, where I started my, run with um, the O'Reilly Auto Parts National Indoor Kart Championship was at Tunic in 2001, and so this is uh, really going to be special for me um, to be a part of it and uh, looking forward to seeing you and all of the other racers there. If you're listening to this and you haven't made up your mind about racing at Tunica, what are you waiting for? That is Elliot Ash, and we are going to... Step aside. When we come back, we will talk about the King of Kings shootout and also about the upcoming winter showdown in Florida. We'll be right back. Hey there, barbecue enthusiasts. Are you tired of boring sauces that leave your taste buds snoozing? Well, I've got something that'll make your mouth water and your ribs shout for joy. Wiggity Wayne sauces. Wiggity Wayne Sauces brings you a complete line of barbecue sauces, ketchups, and rubs with flavors from mild to wild. They've got everything you need to take your grill game to the next level. Picture this. Juicy, succulent meat slathered in their mouth-watering habanero sauce, giving it just the right amount of kick. Or how about some lip-smacking, kicking hickory sauce that'll transport your taste buds straight to Flavortown? But wait, there's more. They've got apple pie moonshine sauce that'll have you thinking grandma's cooking up dessert on the grill. And for those who like it bold, their Carolina bold sauce will have you shouting yeehaw with every bite. But hold on to your spatulas, folks. They've got an exclusive offer just for you. Visit wiggitywainsauces.com today and get a mouth-watering 20% off your first order. That's right, 20% off. So don't sleep on this deal, folks. Head on over to wiggitywainsauces.com and let your taste buds go wild with their amazing flavors. Your grill and your belly will thank you. Welcome back to the show. It is good to be with you. Our first episode of 2024 continues, and uh, we've talked about the Blue City Cart Nationals. That's happening in Tunica, Mississippi, indoor dirt cart race at the Paul Battle Arena in Tunica this coming weekend. The following weekend, the Mid-South has another big one, an indoor cart race. Uh, this, the I believe it's the 12th annual King of Kings shootout, which takes place 
on the campus of UT, that Tennessee University, uh, UT Martin's campus. And this event is always an extra special event for me personally and for everybody else who convenes there because not only is it a major indoor karting event that draws somewhere between four and 600 entries every year, but um, from around the country, but it also is a race that is missions focused, meaning that uh, that is the significant of King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Uh, it is a mission focused event where the uh, profits from the race go into missions work on behalf of the Lord. And um, a lot of good over the years has been done, um, you know, building housing and classrooms and uh, different uh, types of things around the world. And it's an event that we all look forward to uh, this year, at least as far as we know and can see is going to be the last one, at least at uh, UT Martin, because the school raised the rent on the facility 180%. Not cool. It's sad that uh, there was no willingness really to work with the event, which is a nonprofit. It, it's, it's a 501c3. Um, and that's sad. However, um, the Lord will provide. We believe that in some way, shape, or form, the missions work will continue. The race was the original uh, brainchild of Dan Reeves and Jeff Brown, who were both kart racers and decided that this would be a great platform from which to generate uh, the funds to do the mission work that they want to do and want to continue to be able to do. And um, I have just been blessed to be a part of it. It's always a lot of fun. Martin is a cool little, uh, I as I like to say it, sleepy little town. Um, and uh, but it's it's just a fun um, it's a fun fun weekend every year, and we have a great time with the race and. I wouldn't even begin to try to mention everybody who's been instrumental in making that race happen because I would forget uh, people. But I know that I can speak on behalf of both Jeff and Dan when I say that uh, it has been a true blessing for all of us to be able to do it every year. And we are just um, praying and waiting for the Lord to move and uh, to figure out, hopefully, I mean, for, for I know for all of us who are involved in it, and all the racers, we we would surely, if we could have our will, we would surely prefer that another door would open and we would be able to hold the event somewhere beginning in 2025. But um, that uh, the Lord's plan is always better than ours. So um, I'm excited to be a part of this uh, last event. And... Um, we're going to make it the best that we can. If you are a dirt cart racer and you have that weekend open, it is uh, February 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. And, you know, we would love to have you come out and help us to close out at least this chapter of the King of Kings shootout and help us to, uh, uh, to, to raise money for the missions projects that, uh, that it goes toward. And, um, 
So that's the King of Kings shootout. You can uh, find them on Facebook. Um, and uh, they're very active on the Facebook page. And so uh, go follow them. And uh, if you're a racer, come on out. We certainly would love to have you at both the Blue City Kart Nationals and the King of Kings shootout. And that gives me the opportunity to kind of roll right into my final stop on <laughs> on my little uh, whatever you call this tour. Um, it's been a while since I've had three back-to-back races like this to uh, to be involved in. And, and uh, it's, it's almost a new experience again. But so the week after the King of Kings shootout is the second annual Winter Showdown at the Auburndale Speedway. And that is down in Winter Haven, Florida, where I surely hope it'll be warmer than this. Uh, North Carolina has been more like North Carolaska for uh, much of the much of the uh, start of the new year. So uh, looking forward to getting into some warmer weather down there in Florida. And uh, I'm not even going to say too much about this event because um, we've got Brad Hockaday. And I had a chance to interview Brad uh, for this and talk with him about it. So um, let's listen to Brad Hockaday talk about the second annual Winter Showdown. It's good to have you on the program. First time that we've had a chance to talk to you and um, a lot to get to because you've uh, you've been fortunate enough to do a lot in the sport. But let's talk about the event first. So the Winter Showdown, what was the genesis of this event, Brad, um, your first one was last year, obviously. What gave you the idea? What was behind you wanting to do this? And, and what what are you meaning this event to be? So it originally concepted behind a week-long for Bandolero and Legend Car Racing to give the competitors an option or an alternative to uh, Citrus for the winter nationals for us legend cars and nx um and we added some classes last year and, and run the ford focus usac ford focus midgets um with wings on top of them yep um and you know that was good last year and, and you know the goal was to build that event into something bigger but we got to ha- we had to put a stable down first um and get it and get it built um and now we're uh continuing to add to it Significantly. Um, for this year. <laughs> yeah, yes, you added a whole bunch. Uh, you basically went from elementary school straight into college, I think, uh, with it. But uh, that's all good, of course. So now this year you have, you've added a lot of different classes. Talk about uh, what the second annual Winter Showdown looks like. The Legends of Mandalero is still kind of the core of it, which I think is awesome because um, that's kind of the development aspect of driving a race car and you're giving a lot of uh, kids an opportunity to have some additional racing down there in Florida in the spring. And um, it, for for any of the rookies, it's a great opportunity to, to get valuable seat time. However, um, you've added a whole bunch more, quote unquote, big car divisions. Talk about how this has basically now become an international show. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, we kept the Legends and Bandoleros. They get six races in four days. And then in that, you know, they get Tuesday all by themselves. And then, you know, starting Wednesday, we'll get uh, some stock cars to roll in. Uh, The National Compact Tour will be joining us. Um, The Mighty TQ Midgets from the Northeast will join us. And we're running 602 Tour-type mods and Tour-type mods as well. They'll join the card 
um, for a practice on Wednesday night, and then they actually race uh, Thursday, Friday for at least the modifieds, and then they're going to go to New Smyrna. Um, we're just trying to, you know, give those guys a place to race prior to New Smyrna because they're not allowed to be at New Smyrna until uh, Sunday, at least unless you're running the tour NASCAR tour race on Saturday. So right. we try to give those competitors a place to race and help that. Um, so with that, you know, they'll be with us Thursday, Friday, all the and so will the Compact Tour, the National Compact Tour. They're just going to be completing at Freedom Factory um, next, the weekend before us. So they're going to come down straight down from Freedom Factory. They'll they'll come back. Uh, actually, they'll come back north for about two hours and join us on the card for Thursday, Friday, and um, then on Saturday we're gonna we're gonna add some local divisions. Uh, we got three local divisions to join us. Um, we'll be running the mini stocks, which is basically the same thing as the national compact tour. Right. Um, that's what they are there at that racetrack is what their mini stocks are called. Um, and then, uh, we'll be adding crown Vicks for a thousand to win and pure stocks. So, um, it's a big card, a lot of classes we understand. And, uh, we just hope that, uh, we have a successful event and mother nature plays nice. You know, that's the biggest thing that, uh, is Right now, as upset at the world, she seems to be. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, I, I found out uh, here just this past week that uh, Tennessee can winter like a boss when it wants to. Um, yes. So, um, what, what? How did you choose the divisions that you chose for this? Because this is a great variety with the TQ midgets. You get drivers from the U.S. and Canada, and then you've got the National Compact Tour, which is really just what it says. It's a national series. Drivers from all over the place uh, compete in that series. And then, you, again, you've got a good variety of local classes. What? How do you, as as a promoter, how do you pick the divisions that you're you're running for an event like this? Well, and I mean, like the Legends of Bandoleros, it's obvious. You know, that was what the event was built for. So they, they'll stay on the card as long as, you know, they continue to support the event. Obviously, they're leading into their NX Winter Nationals at Citrus the week after. So, you know, it makes sense to have them as part of the card. Sure. It's a chance for those rookies to race. You know, the 602 Modifieds, we actually, in the tour type, I spent a lot of, I spent almost two months on the phone with New Smyrna trying to figure out how to give at least the 602s three more nights of racing because they only get three nights at New Smyrna. So mm -hmm. those guys travel all the way down from North Carolina and the Northeast. I mean, there's cars all over now with the 602 yeah. tour type mods. So, you know, the goal is to give them an aspect of getting a week worth of racing. And um, coming out today, we're actually going to announce if there is a full field of 30 cars or more. They'll be running for 750 on Thursday and the third double header on Thursday because they run uh, twin 30s on Thursday. And then they're going to run for 1,000 to win on Friday, providing there's 30 cars or more. So nice. I think that'll be nice. Uh, 602s are, are growing, um, and they're they're becoming big. So we want them to be a part of our event, um, and they wanted to be a part of our event. The TQ Midgets, um, actually last year in the middle of our show, I get this random text and phone call from Jimmy Smith up in the Northeast. It says, we'd love to be a part of that event next year. Call me when you get done. Let's talk. And so we started talking, and it makes sense. And, you know, they're going to bring 20, 24 cars down. Yeah. Um, and, and it's the three of, you know, they're seeing, we're seeing cars from the three series 
that the TQ midgets have up in the northeast. Obviously, the K&AM midgets, and then you have the mighty TQs, and then there's one other, and I can't remember the name of it. But they are, they're all coming together. It's a common set of rules. Um, so the cars are legal. The Canada cars just have to take the wings off the top. That's the only thing for the, the Can- Canada cars. We're not running with wings for the TQ midgets in Florida. Oh. So, you know, maybe next year the, the USAC Easter midgets did not join the card this year, but hopefully they're going to, they want to join back next year. So it's, you know, the, the thing of looking of adding divisions is, is looking to see what works in the market too. So like yeah. the local classes, the, the three local classes that we added have big support down there on weekly shows. Sure. So the goal is obviously we would like to support, but it also for fans, fans can, fans and in Arbondale, Winter Haven, and that area that go to that racetrack every week can relate back to somebody local. So that was the reason that we added three local classes on Saturday night. Um, that way the fans are still feeling like that cannot afford to travel. I, I know it's during the middle of speed weeks, but a lot of people don't want to venture out and would rather support their home track. So this gives them an option to at least come watch three divisions of their local classes. Um, and with that said, you know, that now the national compact tour was also um an addition because they reached out one of the second race in the state of florida they're like hey we'd like to race monday tuesday and i'm like eh, monday tuesday doesn't work you know thursday friday would make more sense for me because i know what the schedule is right um you know with practice on tuesday and trying to do trying to give the legends and bandos a day by themselves to get two races in um, and then obviously they get Thursday morning as well before everybody else. So they get three races in before anybody else ever hits the racetrack. So they got half of their series in and complete. So it's, you know, juggling a schedule can be difficult. <clears throat> you can change and add and move stuff around as much as you want. And sometimes until the day of, you still adjust it and moving stuff around. But I think at the end of the day, this is where we're going to, where we'll be for this year. And, you know, next year we'll look to add more, um, you know, whatever that may be. Uh, we hope that the USAC Eastern midgets come back with the wings on top of them. Um, so, and then, you know, it, it, the classes that support us this year will obviously be back um, as well. So, you know, we just hope to grow this bigger and bigger every year and, and you know, at some point may get too big and have to, cut some divisions or, or or not run local divisions or at least run one local division instead of three on Saturday. But you never know where it's going to land, and you just take one day at a time as you move forward and have conversations. Well, it's a great uh, position to be in because you are still kind of in the growing stage, and so um, flexibility is probably critical at this point. And um, I know you've had to employ that, uh, you know, even with this event, to kind of change and move and be responsive to the drivers who say, okay, well, you know, we'd, we'd like to run on these nights or we would rather not run on these nights. Um, and so all of that is, it, again, that that ability to sort of change and adjust um, hopefully will mean an increased car count. And it sounds like um, could be well over 100 cars in the pit area on, on you know, throughout the middle of the week. I, I actually think we're going to be close to 200 cars in the pit area for the week. Wow. Um, you know, and, and that's about where... You know, that's a little bit more than we expected, but adding the stuff that we added and doing the stuff that we're doing, I think we'll be, we'll be pretty close to the 200. 
you know, and we did listen to the drivers. You know, the NASCAR Tour Type Modifieds are running Saturday at New Smyrna. The yeah. 602 guys would like to be able to go watch their friends race as well. So we listened to the 602s. They were originally a three-day portion, um, and we cut them to a two. We just did a we did a twin 30s on uh, Thursday for them, so they still get three races in two days. And um, you know, then the Tour Type Mods obviously. We had them on Friday, Saturday originally, and, and the, the feedback was we'd rather be Thursday, Friday, so that even though that we may not run the tour race on Saturday, we would like to go watch our friends, and some of us are pit crewing, and some of our pit crew guys are crewing for tour mods So because they're doing live pit stops, and I'm like, okay, well, we're, we'll listen and adjust. Um, same thing with the Bed- Legends and Bandoleros, you know, with Winter Heat and, and the Banquet um in Charlotte, this, the weekend prior to us, um, they were like, hey, can you push us to Tuesday or Wednesday for practice? Well, it makes sense to just move to Tuesday. So we went from Sunday practice to Tuesday practice, so we shortened the event by two days this year, which is fine, and we understand, and, and you know, and that's the goal, is we listen to our competitors because without our competitors, we don't have anything. <laughs> that's true. And, and we want them to want to come, right? We don't want to force them to make a decision. So by forcing them to make a decision, you know, most of the time the track and the promoter is the loser. So we didn't want that. So we made sure that we uh, listened to our feedback that we got. Um, You know, everybody that came last year had fun, enjoyed it. Uh, We put fun back in racing with Legend Cars and Bandoleros last year. The Midgets had fun. Um, You know, we were – that's the goal. The goal is to go down there, have fun, race – get along and at the end of the day you know tempers will flare when tempers flare but that's the that's part of motorsports and part of racing in general so we understand that but uh our goal is for the teams to have fun and and we want them to be there so you know we do stuff for them um you know to make sure that they have activities to do um you know just so that they have the option we try not to force them to be at the racetrack all day um, I don't think uh, after, you know, on Thursday for the stock car stuff, they don't even have to be at the racetrack till 2 o'clock in the afternoon. They get all morning to spend with their families and, and do something with their family while they're down there um, if they want to. Uh, you know, Legends and Bandoleros, obviously that's a lot of kids. You're not forced to race every day. You're not forced to race every show. Um, if you want to take a day and spend a family vacation at one of the amusement parks down there, by all means, you can do that. Sure. So that's the that's the option. I mean, there's no points funds in any of this. This is just racing to make a little bit of money back from spending your travels down anyway. Everybody is most of them are traveling anyway to come to Florida, um, especially like the National Compact Tour. They're coming down to race before us. You know, the 602s and tours are racing after us. So are the legends and bandoleros. So at the end of the day, we get it. They don't have to be at the racetrack every day. That's why we're a, we're a run for money only, no points fun, and it just makes sense um, the way we got things going. Well, it sounds great, and and uh, excited to be a part of it for sure. And you mentioned Mother Nature a couple times. It's just it doesn't matter what you plan. There's nothing you can do about that. So you just 
you do the best you can to, to, to and hope that um, you know it, it stays dry and and reasonably warm. Um, but uh, great opportunities for fans to come out. You'll see a lot of different types of racing, drivers from all over the U.S. and Canada, and for those who are not in the Florida area. Um, you can still watch the race. There is a pay-per-view for this, right, Brad, on Speed Sport TV, and it's uh, basically through your website as well. Yep. It'll, you can either go to uh, seriesshowdown.com and, and go through it there, or you can go to Speed Sport TV and, and get to it from there. But, yep, it'll be uh, broadcasted every day. Uh, that way you can never miss a lap if you would – it's uh, cold at home and you want to stay in for the day or you just couldn't make the travels, you can uh, at least still participate and uh, watch some good racing for five days. And, uh, you know, lots of uh, sponsors coming on board and uh, some great supporters for your show as well. Absolutely, yes. Uh, we've got some great sponsors that have joined. Uh, Sunoco is our official fuel. American Racer is obviously the sponsor for the tires for the Legends and Bandoleros, along with uh, the Mighty TQ Midgets, um, and Track Tune has joined us yes. as well. Uh, Kyle Beatty Racing and SKE Carts have joined the, the program. Um, Mission Towing uh, from right there local has uh, actually donated us a rollback for the week. Um, you know, and in return, you know, just said please share our information and absolutely. You know, sponsors, you can't do this without your sponsors, and you need those people. Um, you know, they uh, they help make this event successful, um, and, you know, the teams like to see that stuff come back to them as well. Yep. Um, and, you know, we have uh, Race Wraps is actually on board as well. They're doing all the uh, decals and, and victory lane uh, stuff for us okay. um, and printing our banners. And uh, Redhead Racing, which is our parts dealer for Legends and Bandoleros, they're, uh, they're involved as well. So it's it's great. It's great to see the community come together and, and make this happen. And um, we hope we still can add some marketing partners here in the last few days i know yep. it's getting close but uh we got about 10 days left here that we can you know put some stuff together last minute to be a part of this event um you know there's still still stuff available that can be sold so we we hope people jump aboard and uh if not this year uh, maybe think about next year yeah i think uh i i i'm sure that uh You'll get plenty of interest going forward. And you mentioned track tune, and I will just remind folks if you're listening to this show and you're planning to be at the event at uh, the Winter Showdown at Auburndale, bring a set of earbuds that you can plug into your phone because track tune is an app that you can download from your app store. And it allows you to basically listen to the PA uh, through your phone. And the advantage to that, of course, is that when the race cars are on the track and running, a lot of times it's hard to hear the announcers. Well, now you'll never have to miss anything they say. So um, it's free. If you're a uh, spectator, it's totally free. Uh, and it's for those at the racetrack. Um, and so that'll be um, uh, Auburndale is a track tune uh, partner, so that will be all week long. So anytime the PA is running, uh, so make sure you have.
have uh, everybody has a set of earbuds for their phones, and then you'll be able to to hear everything that's going on, which is a huge advantage. And the folks from Auditory Defense, which is the sister company to Tracktune, will be on hand as well in the vendor area to um, uh, talk about hearing safety and all of that and uh, hearing protection. So we're happy uh, to have them on board. And uh, you mentioned a bunch of the other sponsors. And as you said, still room left, still opportunities for sponsorships for the event. So if you are if you own a business and you want to be a part, again, this is a national broadcast and it's going to be five days, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, um, plus, uh, of course, you know, pre-race and post-race uh, promotion as well. Um, so you can reach out um, where, Brad, uh, can they find information about the event that's upcoming, uh, your website, your Facebook, socials, all of that good stuff. Yep, so uh, Showdown Series um is our Facebook, uh, is all of our social media. Um, a quick way to get to any of it is to go to Linktree Series Showdown, um, and that will give you all the information, all the links to contact uh, us through any social media. There's an email contact through there as well that you can get a hold of us, which is wntshowdown at gmail.com. Um, or my phone number is listed as well. Uh, feel free to reach out. Um, anybody that is thinking about coming around the event, uh, registrations there, schedules are there. There's hotel deals there that we uh, we organized. Um, there's all the information for the event is listed at the one location, and then it clicks you. It clicks you through Professional Motorsports Solutions, but it clicks you right to the location that you need to be. Um, whether it's registration, the the daily schedule will actually download straight to your phone and then you'll have it because it's a PDF file. Um, all the same thing with the hotels, uh, all the tech and notes, tech notes are up there for everybody. Um, so it, it, that's, uh, that's our location to get everything. And, uh, you know, that's the easiest that we tell everybody go to Linktree forward slash series showdown. Everything's there. Uh, series showdown on social media everywhere. Um, we've been pretty active on the social media side as long as, uh, you know, you can always send an email too. And uh, website is what? Website, everything is run through Professional Motorsports Solutions uh, for slash series down for series showdown for right now. Okay. Um, and our goal is to move that here next year, but I didn't get it done this year, so I had to continue to run it in the same place for this year. Um, so the goal is to move it to its own website eventually. Um, just haven't got it done yet. You can go to seriesshowdown.com to watch uh, all the events. That's where they'll be run through. So you can always go there and uh, watch any of the events. You can even go watch past events as well. That's awesome. Okay. So uh, any of that will get you to the information that you need in order to either participate in as a driver or a sponsor or whatever, um, the second annual winter showdown. So let's talk real quickly about professional motorsport solutions and your background. Cause you know, it, it, I think people always want to understand, well, who is the promoter and what, what is his experience base to be promoting shows you do an average of probably what about 160 or 170 shows a year of all types through professional motorsports solutions talk about what exactly that is and you know what your background in the sport is yeah so you know i've been in this sport uh let's see uh 30 
four years, um, you know, and, and I've been very heavily involved. At, you know, I started as a kid as a flagman, worked my way up <laughs> yes, to doing timing and, timing and scoring and race directing. And, you know, it, it, finally I started my own business uh, 16 years ago now. Um, and it was to bridge the gap between manufacturers and racing series and racetracks. So oh. that's where we developed professional motorsport solutions. You know, obviously racetracks, most racetrack owners don't have time to uh, spend to figure out where to get the cheapest equipment is because they're, they got full-time jobs as well most of the time. So um, we understood that. We were like, here, let us help you. We will get you uh, the best price available. We can tell you where to purchase it. You can either purchase it through us or through them. 99% of the time, we actually can beat the manufacturer pricing because we are bulk buying. Um, so we bulk buy and we pass our discount to our customers. So we sell transponder systems, traffic lights, uh, scoreboards, radios, and headsets. Um, we also make our own make flags in-house um, because there's no manufacturers, only one other manufacturer in the United States that's uh, making flags for flagmen and racetracks in the oh, wow. in the United States. So we took wow. that over. That's uh, that's been a big task. Uh, we're still filling back orders from 2018 and 19 and 20. Wow. Um, just because they're they're not uh, everybody thinks all oh, flags. That's just easy to make. It's not. Um, <laughs> so we've obviously we're up to date on orders. You know, current orders, but we there's some big orders back ordered that. You know, we're like, hey, what can you do with every year that we can get you and be fine with? So we almost got the board cleaned off from all the back orders, um, and uh, we're working on current orders now. So, um, you know, and that's that's been a big push, you know, and it, and it helps, obviously. You know, and I when I started the business, I, I uh, before I started the business, I was work. I worked for USAC. I worked for ASA back in when it was the original ASA. The good ASA. The good ASA days, <laughs> and um, you know, I spent uh, 15 years with ARCA as a starter, uh, chief of timing and scoring, um, helping in the tower, etc. And and you know, I've gone on to do. A lot of stuff, you know, right now I do go-karts anywhere from, well, I can't say go-karts. So let's, let's just say snowmobiles to stock cars, um, timing and scoring, race directing. Um, so I've been on the officiating side for quite a while, and, and moving to a promoter was uh, was a dream of mine at one, one day, and I've started to do it, and I've always said that I would take it back to Arbordale, which is where I grew up. So. Okay. Uh, Arbondale was my home track as a kid. Um, I spent uh, 18 years of my life at that racetrack, standing in the flag stand or standing behind the flagman as a kid. Um, <laughs> I, I got my first set of flags when I was two, and my mom wow. was my mom told me to get out of her hair. She put me outside. I mocked the flagman, and um, you know, you know, by the time I was six or seven, I think I was flagging the local go kart series there. So wow. And then I, uh, you know, just continue to progress as the age goes. You know, I've, I've done a lot of, of neat stuff. I, I worked for IndyCar for a while um, and, and had fun with that. And, you know, at, at times you just move on, do different stuff. And whether you get bored or whether new, you know, new opportunities, opportunities, come, yeah. opportunities come available that are, you know, more financially available or release my schedule just a little bit. So, you know, 
I, you're, you're right. I do anywhere from 160 to 180 races a year. I've done as wow. many as 240 in one year. And let me tell you, a 240 in one year, I think I spent 18 days at home. The rest of them were on the road. Um, and as the older I get, I just don't want to do that. So yeah. I'd like to give, you know, the, the community has been great to me, uh, the racing community, the drivers and everything, and the racetracks. And, and uh, you know, that was my goal. My goal was to give back to the community. Um, I did. I was really big into Legends and Bandoleros from the time I was 14 all the way up until and I still am. I, I just not actively involved with U.S. Legend cars the last couple years. Um, that can change any day as well. I can go back over there. Um, you know, I just haven't pursued it. Uh, I'm so busy with my other stuff. So that was one of the reasons we gave back to the Legends of Mandaleros. It's because it's kids um, and that they are the future of our sport, right? right. We need them. Um, and it's better to teach them when they're young at how to race instead of when they get into their late teens early 20s and then it's tough to teach them how to race um without taking everybody out and that's not our goal as the total race cars where our goal is to race race cars so it's nice to work with the kids and develop them and you know i've done that for years and and so that was where the promoting side come from i was like it's time to give back um you know and i i struggle you you learn every so you learn something every day that you try to do um this event this year has been a it's been six hard months, seven months, yep. really hard at it. Um, I already know to make next year better. It's going to take a, a, almost a full 365. Yep. Um, you know, the first event we put together in 60 days. Wow. So, you know, the first year was a 60-day put together. So, um, and this year it's been six months. So, you know, next next time is now it's time to do focus on it for a year and make it bigger and better for the fans and the teams, obviously, the goal is to attract the teams, and we need them. And as much as they need a place to race, uh, I mean, you can watch it on social media, and every day there's racetracks closing just because they get tired of it. Um, I've learned to not let it bug me. Uh, let everybody's got a got a reason they're saying something. You know, obviously, the goal is to defend yourself and why you're doing what you're doing. And if they can either like it or not like it, and I get it, um, that's their personal opinion. And um, unfortunately, social media is, is killing racetracks to a degree sometimes. At least the promoters yeah. feel like that because they're being attacked. But yeah. at the end of the day, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's it could be potential customers that are, are voicing their opinions of the way they're doing things. And you just have to listen. Um, you have to listen, read, read between the lines, and, and move on. And I don't, you know, but, you know, the goal is to make this thing bigger and better. And hopefully in 25, uh, you know, the – the reason it's series showdown, the goal when I started this was like I'm coming up with a name so when I add races, I, I can then just each race would be title different, right. and, but it would still be under the same group. So that's why it's series showdown, and this event is the winter showdown. Um, you know, the goal is to hopefully put in a spring and a summer and a fall at some point. The goal would be to <laughs> run four. Um I gotta we we gotta get one underneath our belt and and learn all of our mistakes and learn how to improve and then once we do that, you know then maybe go to two and and maybe twenty five is the year we go to two maybe not maybe twenty six is the year we go to two, but at some point you know you add one one year and then you add another one the next year because yep. you learn from everything you do. Yep. Um, the goal would be to get four of these eventually and and make them successful, um, you know so that the fans and the drivers 
can look forward to these events. We want them to be events. We don't want them just to be another race day. We want them to be events. We want people to be involved with it. Um, and we want them to want to come race and spend the whole week with us. Um, you know, that's what we do in Florida. They get to spend a week in one location and not move around racetracks, and, and they enjoy it because they can hang out with their friends at night and get up early in the morning if they want to and hang out with all their racing buddies, especially the kids, um, and do things. So it, that's what it's all about. Well, we're excited about uh, what can be at uh, Auburndale here in just a couple of weeks, February 6th through the 10th. It is the second annual Winter Showdown at Auburndale Speedway in Winter Haven, Florida. Again, if you can't be at the racetrack, uh, you can watch the pay-per-view through SpeedSport TV. Um, and it is going to be a huge event, Brad Hockaday. Thanks for joining us on the Tom Baker Show, and we will be back in just a moment. Welcome back to the program as we begin our final segment. So much going on in the motorsports world this time of the year, right? It's um, it's just incredible, isn't it? Just to think about the fact that uh, we're already basically to the end of January, and we've talked about several shows that are sort of along the, you know, the the grassroots side, which is a lot of what the show focuses on anyway. But um, we also like to talk about the big stuff, too, in the major leagues, if you will, and, and can't even begin to talk about everything that's happening as uh, we get into speed weeks in Florida. Of course, we got the uh, 24 hours, the Rolex 24 hours coming up at Daytona. And then we've got um, the, of course, everything leading to the Daytona 500. We've got the um, clash at the Coliseum, otherwise known in my world as WrestleMania three um, <laughs> out in LA uh, and then, of course, the action shifts back to Daytona, where uh, you've got you'll have uh, qualifying and, and the Arca race, and then the Daytona 500, and all of the short track action that's going on in Florida. And just a couple of things uh, with regard to NASCAR. If you haven't heard, NASCAR has done a Netflix series, and that series it's going to be I think five or six episodes is all, but it's um. It is debuting, I think, on the 30th of January on Netflix. And it's really kind of a look behind the scenes at uh, the playoffs from this past year. And I've seen the trailer, just some great footage. Looks like it's going to be an outstanding show. So if you've got Netflix, make sure you check that out. Uh, coming up uh, on the 30th is the first episode. So should be uh, that should be great. I don't think it's going to be quite as over-dramatized as the Drive to Survive deal that F1 does is. I'm just not a big fan of that because I think there's too much of that that's kind of made for television, if you will. Um, I don't think it's organic. And so I just, I think that it's, um, I think it ruins it. Because it's pretty obvious that, you know, they they chose to make it into sort of a reality show, if you will. And I just don't think that's 
I don't think it needs to be. I think I think the way NASCAR is doing this is going to be much better. I think it's going to be more more organic, and I think it's going to focus mostly on the sort of uh, tension and you know the just the the degree of difficulty, frankly, that it takes to become the NASCAR champion. So should be uh, should be good. Looking forward to that. So that's coming out on the thirtieth, and then um, for those of you who are into the. EV concept, which um, is, uh, of course, we've got Formula E, and, you know, I mean, it's coming. There's no question that that at some point down the road, you know, we're going to start seeing more of it, and I'm not against it in principle. I know that's probably an unpopular position, but I'm not against it in theory or in principle, but I think the application, instead of thinking all electric, I think it should be hybrid. Because actually, there is an opportunity, I believe, especially within the realm of NASCAR and IndyCar, I think you've got an opportunity to use a hybrid, use hybrid technology to actually increase horsepower again, which NASCAR Cup badly needs. It needs more horsepower. And, you know, if if hybrid would get us there, I'd be all for it. But... um because again, we can't keep, we just can't keep pretending that it's 1970. I mean, it, you, at some point, you've got to be able to have some sort of, you know, compromise. But I think you just got to use technology in the smartest way possible and in the most organic way possible. But anyway, NASCAR is debuting um, an EV at um, the Clash. Now it's obviously not going to race. It's just. Uh, They've run, I think, three or 400 laps with it at Martinsville already with David Reagan driving it. And it's um, actually kind of an interesting-looking car. Um, it's got lights on it. So, you know, I mean, at some point, I could see maybe the lights being incorporated into NASCAR stock cup cars or whatever, if they can figure out a way to do that. And you could run, you know, longer races. You know, there's there's um, there's definitely some some things that I think could be interesting for NASCAR to try. But I don't say that meaning they should throw it into the middle of the current, you know, current kind of ecosphere. I think you got to if you're going to do that, I think you got to just you know, you got to develop it as an entirely separate thing. And NASCAR has no plans immediately or in the near future to to make EV into a series or a race, but I think they're just looking at different technologies and trying to figure out ways to utilize it, um, maybe for down the road. And I know they're looking into, um, you know, some other uh, clean technology as well. So we'll see. Uh, But I think it'll be interesting to see this car on the track. Um, at uh, at Vegas, or I'm uh, sorry, at L.A., in L.A., at the Coliseum. So David Reagan will again be behind the wheel. And um, one thing I want to just mention as far as uh, NASCAR, uh, I mean, there's been a lot that's happened in terms of driver signings since uh, we did our last show, but we'll get to that in the future here and as we start the, uh, the video shows. But um, I did want to mention that uh, Kaz Grawl are going to be driving – 
for Rick Ware Racing for 25 races in the Cup Series as a teammate to Justin Haley. Now, those two have been teammates before. Those two are great friends. And they are both, uh, I think they're going to be great teammates too. They're both good road racers and both of them very smart. I think that um, that was a good move on Rick Ware's behalf and and, um, and also uh, with, with Roush, Roush Fenway Keselowski, RFK Racing, um, Brad Keselowski's got two real strong drivers of the future there. So uh, keep your eye on Kaz Grala. He's not going to run Daytona, though, for, for uh, that team. He's going to run Daytona for Front Row Motorsports in the 36 car, um, staying in the Ford family. And I'm going to tell you, that car can win Daytona. He could win the race in that car. And I just think it's great to see Kaz getting some opportunity in the cup series with good equipment, because I think he's, I think that team is going to surprise some people as the year goes on. So uh, just keep your eye out for that. And we'll talk about all the other driver changes as we go forward into the season. And there's still some drivers who haven't been signed and I'm, I'm just waiting to see where they end up. And we'll, um, We'll get to that again on future shows, but uh, look forward to the uh, conversion to video. We are also looking at uh, a nationally syndicated radio version of this show. So big plans for the Tom Baker show going forward in 2024. We're excited about all of it and excited to bring it to you. So stay tuned to steeringwheelnation.com for more great content and we'll see you on the next Tom Baker show, which will be broadcast from the North Carolina Motorsports Hall of Fame coming up. Until then, be safe, everyone, and God bless. We'll talk to you later. You've been listening to The Tom Baker Show. Mm-hmm.